0: Welcome everybody. This is In Conversations with Hannah I'm Hannah Weisberg, editor of the Jewishwoman.org. We thought in honor of Gimel Tammuz, we would do a special kind of interview recordings with some of the staff from Chabad.org. What's the why? What makes them tick? What makes them wake up every morning and actually come to work and be a part of Chabad.org? I'm joined today with Yaakov Ort, who is the editor of the news site on Chabad.org. Welcome, Yaakov. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Hannah. I think it's a really delight, it's a delight to be here.
0: Thank you. So Yaakov, why don't you start with, I mean, before we get into your work at Chabad.org, and let, let's start a little bit with, with you. Tell us a little about yourself, about your journey, about how you got to the Rebbe, about how you got to observance, observant Judaism. L- give us a little intro about the man behind that name, Yaakov Ort, that we see on so many articles on Chabad.org.
1: Okay well I um I I grew up in the in the Sheephead Bay section of of Brooklyn and here I am speaking to you from the center of Jerusalem Israel wow. and so when you talk about transitions how I got from there to here um is really a pretty amazing journey for me um, is amazing. and 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 I you know I grew up in a secular Jewish family um my my dad was a veteran of World War Two. Um, I, I most of the people that I knew when I was growing up were, were Jewish uh, in Brooklyn, but throughout my entire childhood and through my teenage years, uh, and into college even, um, I, I never knew a single Orthodox Jewish person. Um, they just we didn't. Cross paths. We didn't have anything. I, there was nothing negative about it. I just didn't have anything to do with them. And people were in the black hats and the white shirts and everything like that. And with the with the payas and the beards, it was like, okay, you know, um, you know, they're Jews, but no interaction whatsoever. So it's um, interesting
0: because you grew up in New York, so it's right. There's a lot of religious Jews there, but you didn't interact yeah. with them at all, right?
1: Right, right. And you know, and and you see the same thing playing out here in Israel, where a sure. person can, you know, can be a religious Jew and never come in contact, contact real contact, with a secular Jew, and vice versa. It's not because of any enmity or anything like that. It's just that okay, you've got your thing, I've got my thing, and they're different things. So my just thing was apart. very. Yeah. So my thing was just like being a, you know, nice Jewish college bound kid in Brooklyn. I think like 90 percent of the graduating class of my high school went on to college. Um, uh, I went to Columbia, uh, Columbia University in New York, um, got in there. um, And this was in 1969, which was sort of like the height of like, Political turmoil and hippies and everything like that, and I was right in the middle of that you know um, so and, and this is an important part of my journey that um, you know i don 't want to put any labels on what I was in college, but you know I was definitely a person like a lot of my my friends who really believed that there was some there needed to be something different, there needed to be something more. You know, some of the people called it the, the dawning of the age of Aquarius or whatever mm-hmm. it was that we really felt that we were poised on, on that we were that something different. There was something different was happening in the world. Something much better was happening in the world.
0: So there and, was like and, a certain idealism, a certain quest for more. For absolutely. Hanging.
1: Absolutely. Right. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and and uh, so. I mean, what, what happened was a long personal family story, but, you know, I, I, I didn't have a scholarship and problems came up with tuition and I basically needed a job. So yeah. I was looking through the, through the Sunday New York Times for a job and I saw an ad to be an office boy at the New York Times. OK, so I, yeah. I, I answered the ad. I figured, OK, I'll work and I'll, I'll, and I'll go to school. Um, and so I applied for the job in the New York times. This Mm -hmm. is in April of 1971. Mm -hmm. And, uh, really the interviewer really kind of really liked me and she said, well, can you start, uh, we, we need to do a background check on you. Can you, can you start next week? And I said, fine. And she didn't tell me this when I showed up at work, uh, it, you know, you're going to be an office boy. It turned out that my personal boss was the chairman and publisher of, of the times, uh, Arthur Oak Salzberg, and I was his personal golfer.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: and, and, you know, in the executive offices and, you know, got to like, you know, like everybody and everybody liked me. And then after a year, they asked me, do you want to go to the business side? Do you want to go to the news side? And the news side seemed a little bit more interesting, so or a lot more interesting. So I said, okay, news. But I didn't have any, like, particular desire to get into journalism. Um, but you know, but that's where fate took me. That's where Hashkachah now I understand to be brought this divine providence. You know, took you me, there. and and like yeah, and I, I moved in with roommates on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and basically lived the life of a, you know, young professional in his early twenties. And whatever idealism I had in college was gone, just <laughs> <laughs> like gone. You know, it just, and I just got into this whole culture of, you know, he who died, you know, th- th- that life is a game, and he or she who dies with the most toys wins the game. That's okay. the whole thing. You so, know. It was a, so
0: it was a very materialistic kind of life. Very
1: materialistic, very get ahead. Climbing, very,
0: climbing the career very ladder.
1: Climb, very, yeah, yeah, climbing the, but not just climbing the career, career matter as much as just like, Getting the most stuff, having the most fun, mm-hmm. you know. Even mm-hmm. people who were like obsessed with their careers, even that was well. No, no, no. You're not getting it right. Mm. You're supposed to have fun.
0: Fun. You know. Okay.
1: You're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to, you know, get you know get as much pleasure. Like I said, with the toys, get as much pleasure and acquisitions and material nice. stuff as you can out of life. And you know, were you were you happy it.
0: that were you happy with that? Was that satisfying?
1: Uh no. No. I I really wasn't and I tried really hard. I, I worked really hard at it. You know, at having a good time and you know appear to succeed. You worked hard
0: at at work or you worked hard at having fun? Both. both? Well,
1: But the, the 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 having good time much more than at work. Right. So um
0: So why so were in you, any case, why weren't why weren't you happy with that? Like what was what was the feeling that you were feeling?
1: Well, coming from well, let's put it this way: at the time, I simply felt empty, right? But I had no idea why I was feeling empty. Empty, um, and 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 I've later learned, you know, that I, I've later learned why I felt so empty and and why I wasn't really happy. And the reason was very simple, which is that the only way. To that, that being happy is not about feeling good, it's about doing good. And Mm -hmm. not as, but truly, truly.
0: That's a great, that's a a great sentence. A person
1: person is only truly happy inside when they've done good for other people and done good in the
0: world. So, what changed? Like, what, where, how did you go from that, from this empty life, just seeking toys and just seeking fun to a life of more meaning? What what changed like what sparked your interest um
1: basically that i you know my whole life crashed that happens Mm -hmm. to a lot of people Mm -hmm. you know i got married i had a son i i bought a house out on long island and um and then that fell apart and the marriage fell apart and all of that stuff and and i was just like uh I was just looking around I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. like really there was nothing in particular that I was looking for um and so here so my story I guess is connected to newspapers I never realized this at first it was the ad in the New York Times that got me on that and then I saw an ad in uh in, in the Village Voice newspaper in New York uh for a weekend uh a weekend in Crown Heights and mm-hmm. uh and I had, there, there's a backstory. All right, so let me give the backstory. One day I'm walking down 47, I'm working at the Times, working on the National News, that's the Times. I'm walking down 47th Street in, 46th, uh, in 7th Street in Manhattan. And some kid comes up to me and says, are you Jewish? Uh, and I say, yeah. And he said, did you put on tefillin today? And I said, <laughs> of course. You know why? I've been on Shabbos since my bar mitzvah. You know, so like, but I'm not going to admit that but I'm filling. Right. So he said, "Oh, okay, great." And he gave me a flyer with uh, for for Brengen with a picture of the Rebbe. It's this famous black and white picture of the Rebbe with his head sort of like at an angle, and and I loved the picture. I had no idea where it was. I loved the picture. I thought it was so cool, and I brought it back to me. I brought, why, brought it back wait, to me.
0: The- wait, why did you think it was so cool? Like what is like it? I don't like know. It?
1: it just it just resonated with something this is Like a really this is a really cute guy. This is like yeah. I don't know. It was like just cool. It was totally positive. Totally right. positive. So we used to have at our desks the these plexiglass stuff, you know, at that time you smoked at your desk, you, you literally people drank at their desk, you know, you you there was everything. So I had this plexiglass with all this sort of nicotine stains on it. And under it we would have like phone numbers and things like that. There wasn't email yet, you know, there weren't mm-hmm. none of that. Right. So so I put the Rebbe's picture under my class, right? And because, again people came over and said, Who's the rabbi? And I said, I don't know. It was a cool guy. And and <laughs> And he, and and so that thing was like under my desk for uh, at least a year. Um, Okay. So, so I answered, so, so I saw the ad in the village voice and, and I said, okay, I need something different. My wife, my ex-wife and I had split up and, uh, you know, I needed some kind of, some kind of, I it's something spiritual, something Jewish, something different. Because did you
0: realize that the two groups were connected? Like when you saw that ad, of, no. no, you didn't no, realize no. that that was with the Rebbe at all. You just had no, the picture. No. Exactly, exactly, okay.
1: exactly, and mm-hmm. and and um, so I went, and I was so so I, so. It was for a, a Shabbaton weekend, a Piguishia weekend in Crown Heights. And and I was so like out, out of it, Jewishly, didn't even occur to me that I should bring a yarmulke. I didn't own a yarmulke, right? right? Or even occurred to me that I should need one if I'm going with, you know, sure. to a weekend like this. So they sold me that yarmulke, somebody handed in a yarmulke. Um, and I, I really, I stayed with a family in Crown Heights and I really liked them. I, I just really felt, you know, I, I, I was sleeping, literally on the on the sofa in the living room. Why <laughs> but that's where I went. And and but it was like such a cute family and like I was just really they were really nice people and I began and, and met some other people that weekend who were people like me, sort of like, you know, I mean I'll call them Bali Balichuba, but you know, sort of college educated, you know, just like people like that who had adopted this lifestyle. And I was very, very curious. So the next day was a was Bringen and and Rabbi Rabbi Shmuelu, who who is a very, very well-known rabbi uh, in London, was at the, at the, he was one of the participants. And he basically took me personally under his wing and he mm-hmm. brought me. So we all went, everybody who was there, probably about close to a hundred people on the weekend, I think. And we all went to the, we were bringing together and guess who was there? The guy from my, from under my desk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, wow. and, uh, well, I actually knew that the night before because I saw the, the Rebbe's picture on the wall. But in any case, it was, like, really great. Wow, okay, you're right That now. must
0: have been a big surprise. Wow.
1: And it was really, it was really, really, it was, it, it was great. It was, And it was great to see them. And and Robbie Lou was very, you know, he was saying, look, calm, you know, there's a lot of, like, crowd dynamics going on here, so, like, be prepared for it and don't, you know, just, like, just take it, take it in. Take it all in. in. Your, and you right, right. Just take it in, and, um, and 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 the fact that look. So so this was this was Shabbos in uh in in uh Mem 12, which is 1986, uh, and I just you know, and, and this had a lot to do with it. So when I saw when I saw the Rebbe, I had again having worked for the New York Times at this point, I guess for about 15 years. Yeah, it was 15 years at this point. Um, I had known a lot of people, and I known a lot of leaders. I known a lot of political leaders. You know, I kind of hobnobbed with, you know, and and the rebel was. I just, it, subjectively, subjectively, I felt that he that here I'm in the presence of a human being of a different order. Now, this was not because anybody told me about this. This was not because of any. It was just something that I internally perceived. Okay, that something that people that friends of mine who had like been to India, you know, told me, you know, we'd come back and people would sometimes come back and say, man, for a second, unbelievable. I just like was with this holy man, Hmm. you know, and and, you know, and these are people I respected and I believe them. I didn't have a great desire to like travel to India and and meet a holy man myself, but I knew that I believe that that's what they experienced.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's what
1: I experienced in the Rebbe, that for the first time in my life, that I was in the presence of a truly holy individual, whatever that meant, whatever that meant. Mm -hmm. And that um, and that that was something. But there was also about the Rebbe. I also experienced a real kind of grandfatherliness, I mean, on a very personal level. You know, mm-hmm. a, a real warmth. A, just like a very, it's not just like this standoffish guru kind of thing, quite the opposite. Just a, a, but a rabbi, you know, I mean, a real rabbi, you know, that, that, and and there was a point where, you know, you made l'chaims with the rabbi, and, and, and I made a l'chaim, and the rabbi looked straight at me and gave me this big smile, I mean, really big, like instant smile, and I felt like I'd put my finger in an electric socket. I mean, it was like... Yeah. Really, it was it was just, you know, I'm just being honest. This was like, again, nobody had prepped me for this or anything like that. It was just what I experienced. And I was, you know, and I was just like very, it's, the whole experience just very, very much moved me that this is very much something that I want to find out more about.
0: So how did you get to Chabad.org and what inspires you today?
1: Um, okay, so how did I get to Chabad.org? Um, I uh, I retired. After, I retired from the Times after after 35 years there, uh, and it sort of worked out that yeah, it was just right to do. And I went to. I was immediately recruited to work at Yeshiva University uh, as deputy communications director and editor in chief for the university. Uh, and you know, it was there for about a year. And and just my wife said to me, "You want to go to Israel?"
0: So now, so <laughs> uh, hold on. You're now remarried. You, you're married?
1: Now remarried, right? Now remarried. You know, my. Living my, my an my
0: observant friend. life, a Hasidic life. Living
1: an observant, right. Living, I mean, how how much did you want to fast forward? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. so, yeah. So from within, it was interesting because from that first weekend, you know, things moved very, let me, let's go back a little bit. Things moved very, very fast, right? I decided, okay, after I, you know, let me move in, let me move into the neighborhood. I'm not religious. I don't believe in God or anything like that, but let me be like a cultural anthropologist. Like the only way he's gonna understand the natives is by putting the ring in his nose and banging on the drum right. along with everybody else. So so let me right. let me do that. And then and then I said, okay, well this is really something that I want. And then I said, well okay, you know, maybe I'll get married. And then I ended up getting, meeting my meeting my wife who now we're married for 35 years. Um, and, she's lo- she's uh, lovely.
0: I know her. She's lovely. <laughs> I know her from Toronto. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, your yeah. your 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 father, she looked at me well was Miss Other at our oh, wedding. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. and um, you know, it, it so like, you know, just yeah. So and then we we started. You know, we moved to Crown Heights. Dragged her down from you know from a nice suburb in Toronto to okay, Crown Heights. <laughs> <laughs> era. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so you know we we built a Jewish home. we lived in Crown Heights for about three four or five years uh till nineteen ninety two and then we moved to, to to the muncie area um and yeah and raised uh raised a family there i my you know career proceeded um and uh you know then I retired from the times and had a nice pension and severance and all of that stuff but in my job at University. But then decided, you know, my wife said, Do "You want to go to Israel?" Our our mm-hmm. kids were all out of the house at different points, at different schools. My son was in in a yeshiva in Minnesota. My younger daughter was in a seminary in Safat. So we said, "Okay, we'll go to go to Israel for a year."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, so yeah, so we we moved here, and and it was you know it was it was good. It was it was financially rocky. We built our home. Um, I ended up having to work again. I thought I was going to be able to be retired, and then I built my place, and that that was no longer <laughs> no longer possible. And doing different things, and um, I, I started to uh, work for JLI. Um, actually, I'd been working that before we came here, and I founded their Torah studies um, uh, program, where we created weekly classes for rabbis, for kabad rabbis around the world. I did that for about four years um and did other uh jli courses and and then sort of that you know that that ran out and started doing consulting work and one day somebody called me and said would you like to did i was doing communications consulting uh and doing executive executive communications consulting and i got a call from somebody saying you know if there's uh There's a certain rabbi in the United States who's in a bit of a fix and we need some kind of PR writing work done Mm -hmm. and ended up working with some of the people who who run Um, Chabad.org. And after a few months, uh, they called and they said, would you like to come work for us? And Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, as long as I can work from right
0: here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us a little uh, about what
0: what you do now for Chabad.org. What is okay. your
1: position? My, my main, well, a number of things that I do. Uh, my main job is I'm news editor, which we publish hundreds of, of, of news stories a year uh, about about you know Chabad, Lubavitch, uh, uh, shluchem and centralized organizations and the good works that they do throughout the course of the year. Uh, we actually just won uh, for American Jewish Press Association Simon Rockhauer Awards for Excellence mm-hmm. in Journalism wow. which uh, for 2022. That mm-hmm. was just announced a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we do a lot of good work. We do serious journalism. That's my background. And mm-hmm. it was something that I tried to bring to, to, to Chabad.org, that not just simply like rewriting press releases, but actually having engaging stories that... You know that really motivate people. You know that that motivate them to want to participate more in 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 Chabad uh, and 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 be influenced in a positive way by Chabad and the whole thing about you know going to Chabad centers, learning Tzitzit, attending events, doing all of these things because of their you know what they read.
0: Can you give us some okay. teaching from the Rebbe that inspires you? That keeps you? That that you feel like something that you learned from the rebbe that still is with you every day or on a regular basis yes.
1: um two things one is pretty usual and one is not so usual in my in my experience the first thing is 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 the rebbe the taught me good and say it think good and it will be good the whole idea of of having a, a consistently positive vision that no matter what's going on that just to like know in your heart of hearts that that it's good that the mm-hmm. outcome is good and it will be revealed as good at some point and to just like don't worry just like mm-hmm. just do just like mm-hmm. it's okay but but you have to think good that that's your that's your job
0: mm-hmm. that
1: and that and that's the what we call the avoda. That's the service. That's the work. It's the right. actually so think good. And it's really hard work. But when you do, boy, does it pay off, right? Yeah. On a personal level. Um, the the other thing is is, you know, when when I was living in Crown Heights, you know, people talk about all these different Mipsoya that the Rebbe came up with and and, and the importance of, of, of them. There's one that is publicized less than most but which has had a real the most important impact on me which was this whole idea of Asay rab, that a person should have a a person should have a spiritual guide who you consult who you talk to who you that you're not just like it's not just all happening in your head but somebody who's a spiritual you know a spiritual person who, and it's different. It's not like a psychiatrist, or a, you know, or 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 just therapist. a plain friend, mm-hmm. or a therapist, or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it, it's a rabbi or a rebbezin or something like that. You know, that who who you, who, who really understands Judaism, who understands Holitic, Hasidic philosophy, who understands the teachings of the rebbe and and it, and it lives them, lives mm-hmm. them, and who you can go to. Without judgment, where you know they're not judging you, they're not whatever you say, you know it's like, well here's my advice and 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 get that advice, and that has been a key to um whatever success I've experienced in life hmm. on any level. so you speak
0: that, you speak to your mentor your spiritual mentor, your must be regularly, and you've seen a yes. difference interesting yeah. wow
1: a different yeah, different parts of my life, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every day, all the time. I don't do anything without asking. Wow. I don't. It's uh, oh. left to my own devices. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, uh, so, so the no, young...
1: I mean, there, there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no. So the, the young Yaakov, who, you know, in his 20s, who was looking for that connection and that meaning in life, would you say you found it? Oh,
1: totally. You see, that's the whole thing, that, um, you know, I'm not necessarily in love with every aspect of Torah Judaism all the time, but I'm absolutely convinced that particularly, you know, Torah Judaism, halacha, and Chasidus is like the answer. You know, they're, they're... that it really is, you know, in my opinion, it really, really is. It's just my subjective feeling, understanding that, you know, we didn't go into it, but I'm, also, I, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of other spiritual paths and I make it, I made it my business to be spiritual, to be understanding about other, understanding of other spiritual paths because in a whole other thing, I, I counsel people Um who are involved in other spiritual paths, and and yeah, and, you know, to and me, what, it's you know.
0: And what do you feel it gives you that Torah Judaism Hasidus gives you that those other paths did not?
1: That threefold connection, connection, a, a real connection to God, a real connection on a very positive way to nature, to people, uh, and to to me, you know, to mm-hmm. to, to the real authentic Yaakov that's, you know, that's inside and that just needs to be revealed.
0: Wow. Beautiful. Okay. Yaakov, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving okay. us a little glimpse behind the name. Yaakov ort when people see your name right. on the news articles, they'll know who the, who the man behind it is. And giving us a little glimpse about your what pushes you every day to do what you do. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for joining us and for your contributions on Chabad.org. It's been a pleasure.